I welcome you into Coach's Corner, a.k.a. the Lucas and Layla Show. You can see, there she is. She's just hanging out in the back there. And we're back with another episode of Coach's Corner. That's right. It is Wednesday, April 19th. And Draymond Green tried to stomp through DeMontis Sabonis' chest after the stream on Monday, which was... An absurd thing to happen, absurd game to happen, and he suspended one game, which was, I thought, a bit much. And as someone that I will openly admit is rooting for the Kings because they're a fun story and light the beam, you know, the whole mantra they're kind of rolling with. I thought that one game suspension was a little much. I thought that they got it right on the floor with a flagrant, like flagrant two, get them out of there, rest of the game. Because, I mean, they missed him down the stretch when it comes to defense and all that. Playmaking. Warriors missed that. They ended up losing the game. And, you know, Sabonis got assessed a technical or a flagrant, you know, for grabbing on to Draymond, whatever. That he wasn't trying to, I think. I think he was trying to cover, but whatever. That th- Things happen. And they suspended him for one game. And I thought it was interesting, but I guess I understood the decision behind it as well when they explained it that. Essentially, he's a repeat offender, and you can't have players stomping through other players' chests. That's kind of just not allowed. That's a, a bad thing to happen, and I get it. So, um, that's that's the great art on the thumbnail for today. I'm proud of that one. I'm very glad to show off my skills, my graphic design skills there um, on the YouTube, youtube.com slash Corner. And, you know, I was really, really interested to see how the Kings <laughs> Please stand by for technical difficulties. And we're back. Awesome. I love technical difficulties. Can't live without them. Can't live with them. The whole thing. It's so fun. But we're back. Uh, anyways, talking Golden State Kings uh, before I was cut off there. I thought it was a really good performance by the Kings on Monday night. It was great to see them get the win. And like I said, going into Golden State up to nothing is way, way different than tied 1-1. And without Draymond, I think the Warriors could be in some trouble. And before we get to recapping, kind of, I guess, recapping, talking about the rest of the NBA playoffs, that, that was the big story that I think occurred from Monday night to Wednesday night here. Now, I want to do a mock draft. And you know, it's one of those times a year where... I think we've done all we can in the draft process. I think that everyone's visited where they need to visit. Like CJ Stroud had his visit today in Atlanta. Jalen Carter already had his visit in Atlanta. I only know that because I follow Atlanta. So other teams have kind of already pretty much figured out guys that they want in their building for draft, like visits and all that. And, you know, we're about two weeks out. The process is, I'd say, just about over. I think we're we're winding down. We're getting to the nitty-gritty. And it's time to really, I guess, lock in. And I think we'll see maybe one or two trades in the first round here leading up to the draft because there's always a lot of talk about it. And I know that it's probably teams throwing it out there just trying to get certain GMs to bite on their basically offering to trade out and get a bunch of picks. Um, And like I said, I think we'll get a couple. But, you know, if you hear, like, a whole heap of, like, Texans, Cardinals, Seahawks, Lions all want to trade back. I 
I think one out of those four teams probably realistically will. It's always they always overpromise and then underdeliver when it comes to trading picks and stuff. That just kind of happens. It's the draft. It's whatever. So, you know, the way that uh, this is going to go, I'm just going to go ahead and say on the YouTube right now, PFF, I'm using it, and we're going to do the mock draft simulator. I'm going to talk you through these picks. I'm not going to do any trades. I'm not going to mess with that. I'm just going to pick them straight up how I think it will kind of go along with how I would think about it from each team's perspective. So we'll start here. 1-1 one, one on the clock, Carolina Panthers. I thought early on they were going to go C.J. Stroud. I thought that was a would have been a smart decision for them because I think he's the best pure passer in this year's draft. But as the process goes, I think that the like upper upper brass of the Panthers have fallen in love with Bryce Young, rightfully so, because he scored high on some testing that kind of determines processing. Like this kind of the correlation is there. Um, his college tape does not lie. He's small, but he's such an improviser. Uh, the best description is a point guard with the football. I think that's a perfect way to summarize how Bryce Young plays. And I think that he's going to be the first pick, despite the early thoughts that C.J. Stroud would be the guy. And here is where the draft gets interesting, because it's basically kind of a the worst-kept secret that the Texans are kind of Bryce Young or bust when it comes to the second pick. Like, if they aren't going Bryce Young, they're not going to pivot and go Richardson or Stroud or something like that. It sounds like they're very willing to go in a different direction than quarterback if Bryce Young is not there at two and I obviously he's not here at two now in my draft and so I think they're gonna go with the best edge rusher in this draft Will Anderson a monster at Alabama obviously kind of just controlled most of whatever he wanted to do with tackles I think he's a special player a special prospect it would shock me if he was a bust and then we get to the Cardinals, who are not in the market for a quarterback. So this, once again, is another team that I think could trade out of this spot. I think they're one of the teams that will, actually. If you look at certain teams, like maybe Titans, maybe the Commanders, if they get real risky. Uh, there's a couple teams that I could speculate. But for right now, I think if they do stay put, I could see them going, huh, it's between Carter or Tyree Wilson. And I think I'm going to go Jalen Carter for them. The Cardinals are in a spot where they could take literally anyone in this draft. I don't think there's a hole on the Cardinals that doesn't need to be filled outside of maybe quarterback, but it's Kyler Murray. But they need just about help in every spot, especially along the trenches there, offensive line, defensive line. Carter provides that, as some people think he's the best defensive prospect in the past 10 years. That was I saw that report the other day. So we get to here now in the draft. I think this is where um, the Colts, I think quarterback, is once again a priority. And I think they're going to go Anthony Richardson. I think this is one of those teams where they could definitely go Stroud they could definitely go Levis but if you look at the fit between Shane Steichen the Eagles offensive coordinator that's now the head coach for the Colts I think the the fit is just right there 
for the making of a Jalen Hurts 2.0. And Richardson, who is a big body that can run very well, has a ma- like a much better arm than Jalen Hurts, but he just needs that accuracy to be honed in. Which, if you remember back, Jalen Hurts was not an accurate thrower per se. It kind of took time and he figured it out. But, you know, coming out of college was not super accurate. I think Andy Richardson would do very well with the Colts. Then you get to Seattle, and I think Seattle's a team that definitely probably would have loved to have Jalen Carter fall to them. I think that's a kind of a glove. The glove will fit there. And, um, you know, I think they kind of have to pivot here. I do think they need an edge, and I think Tyree Wilson will be that guy there for them. I could definitely see them, maybe if they really felt strongly about C.J. Stroud, to have him come in, sit behind Geno Smith. But I'm not quite sure, and so I'm willing to go and bet that they will go the defensive route with Tyree Wilson. Then you have the Lions, who I don't think will go quarterback, despite, you know, they have Jared Goff, I think, for one, maybe two more years. Um, But I really like them going after Devon Witherspoon out of Illinois. And Witherspoon is one of those corners that really plays on his instincts very heavily, is a strong, um, forceful, (laughs) the dog in the back, forceful cornerback who really likes to hit it feels like and trading Jeff Okuda I, I could see them filling that hole by going after another corner in the top 10 here despite also signing some free agents I think it just makes sense then we get to the Raiders who despite signing Jimmy Garoppolo I think this is where CJ Stroud goes I think the Raiders stand pat here I don't think they tr- I don't I can't imagine the Raiders doing something good, so I imagine them staying, hoping that the quarter, the second best quarterback on the board falls to them, and I think they actually get rewarded here. Um, Stroud makes too much sense, I think, for a, a McDaniel's Josh McDaniel's offense, a very structured kind of guy that would work well in a system. Like I think C.J. Stroud would also C.J. Stroud would also thrive in a Shanahan type thing where. The structure is very much there in place for him to make all these great passes that he normally does make. Do I think he can improvise like the other guys and make something out of nothing? No. Do I think he could thrive in a system? Yes. So I have him go into a good system with Josh McDaniels, who probably would like to do something, um, you know, to try and win some games because he doesn't do that often. Then we go to the Falcons. Good old Falcons. And... I, they've had a busy offseason. Admittedly, their defense has improved a lot because of all these signings they've made. Um, I think the Bud Dupree signing they did most recently doesn't take off You know, picking an edge rusher at 8. Um, and for that reason, I think I'm going to go with down here. Of course, he's rated lower than he probably should go. Nolan Smith. Nolan Smith out of Georgia had an unbelievable like lead up to the draft with his you know, combine with his pro day. He's kind of killed it on all fronts of being, you know, a good player in the process of showing his athleticism. And I, I think that he's a good candidate to go into the room that I think needs the most help. They have a couple bridge guys and Lorenzo Carter, who's on a one-year deal, but Dupree, who's on a one-year deal. They need to finally think, like, ahead of just the season. And I think this is the type of move that, Allows them to do that, gets the next guy at edge, and yeah, Nolan Smith at eight. I don't, I think there's some legitimate smoke. 
Then we get to nine with the Bears. I mean, the Bears just going classic offense alignment. Seems like a smart move. Um, keeping Peter Skoronsky in North, like Illinois is also a good move. I think he's the best tackle in this draft. You know, there's a lot of different guys that could go as the first tackle, but Skoronsky's kind of been the consistent name to go first. Then you get to the Eagles, and the Eagles, I don't know where they could go here. There's just so many, like, I don't say they have a bunch of holes, but they have so many places they could. I'm going to go Jackson Smith and Jigba. And it's one of those, it's embarrassing, embarrassments of riches where they will just have three top-end receivers. Jason, I think, obviously suffered from a hamstring injury that sidelined him this season. But if you turn back the 2021 season and that Rose Bowl, you see the type of receiver he can be. And I don't think he can be an A.J. Brown, you know, number one um, player, like, I don't think he can be an X, you know, or a Y. I, I, I could see him being that slot receiver that really elevates the Eagles to another level, to another place that, you know, could really help them and make them thrive. And I just, this fit makes sense to me. As a slot guy, Jackson Smith just makes sense there with the Eagles. And like I said, they could go a number of places. That's the one I like. So moving on, we got the Titans. And the Titans is where I think we get the final quarterback on the draft board, Will Levis, in the first round. Will Levis, I think, has, I won't say suffered from another year in college, but he definitely didn't have the year that many people wanted to see from him. Now, I'm the one that's willing to say he had a much worse just supporting cast and offensive coordinator than he did in 2021. But... I'm still not convinced on Will Levis as an upside pick. I think Anthony Richardson is just Will Levis on crack when in terms of a prospect. And so I like Will Levis to fall to the Titans when the Titans scoop this guy. Because admittedly, Malik Willis did not work out last year. In the limited action that Malik Willis saw, it was bad. And people knew that it was bad. Like People knew that he was going to be a project and a, a big project at that. But it did not look like it clicked at all. Like, And there is a difference between having a project quarterback and a quarterback that just doesn't look like he belongs. And I'm afraid Malik Willis did not look like he belonged. Now, I'm not going to write him completely off yet. I still think he has a chance. But I think the Titans are kind of in a mini rebuild. They kind of launched that throughout this offseason. They're getting rid of certain players that are older. You know, kind of retooling this thing. And I think Ryan Tannehill is the next guy to go. So I think quarterback here is a smart decision. If they want to at least try and make an effort towards maybe finding the guy that isn't Ryan Tannehill. And then we move on. We have the Texans who, you know, earlier got Will Anderson off the edge. Um, here, I think they, I think they kind of pivot. They go back to the cornerback well. They did that last year with Stingley. I think they get a good guy here in Christian Gonzalez. I think that's just him falling to 12, I think is a very, like, I'm not sure that'll happen in real life. But either way, I think Gonzalez there at 12 for the Texans really firms up their defense. Because if I got Gonzalez and Anderson as my two rookies, I'm, I would be the most excited person on earth. Dog is causing chaos back there. Oh my goodness. Like, I, 
I'm just hearing the jingling of her collar, and she's just making sure that she makes her presence known. She's just insane. An insane animal. Just making all the ruckus. Either way, the Jets are on the clock. Obviously, they don't need anything like quarterback-wise. On defense, they were very good last year. Now, could they go in that direction? Yeah. But I think they're a team that looks at their you know tackle position. Makai Becton struggled with staying on the field. Uh, I'm not even sure who their other guy is. I might be forgetting a good player, but... This seems like a smart place to go ahead and shore up the tackles position. Now you have them taking Paris Johnson Jr., who I think will be the next tackle taken off the board. But look out for Broderick Jones from Georgia, Darnell Wright from Tennessee. So we go to the Patriots. They seem like a real wild card type of team. Could go in a number of directions. And, you know, I feel like the Patriots love to do the thing where there's a guy that kind of goes higher than it probably should. And I think this is the type of pick that they make here. I think that they go after Miles Murphy from Clemson. A guy who often was in the mock, like, mock draft top 10s like before the whole process and people kind of figured him out more. Uh, but, you know, needing an edge, I believe that they would do well by getting Miles Murphy here out of Clemson. Then we go to the Packers. Packers are another team that's super interesting. Obviously, the quarterback, they're going to roll with Jordan Love as Aaron Rodgers seems to be gone. And I don't hate it. Jordan Love isn't a bad player, I would say. We'll figure out a lot about him. I think he'll be serviceable. I don't think they'll do much, but it'd be hilarious if this was the time when they finally decided they needed to get receivers. And I think they do that here. I think they go Quentin Johnston. You know, someone that I think will fall probably more than likely. But here in 15, they, they drafted Christian Watson last year. who's a smaller speed guy. I think flipping the script going with a bigger physical guy makes sense for them. Especially after they lose Alan Lazard, who Johnston kind of plays a lot like. Then we go to Washington. They can go a number of places. Man, I don't know. I don't know who to get for them. Now, if they have a quarterback fall, if they Will Levis, I'd say, falls to them, I think they would take Will Levis. Um, but, you know, I I think a good player for them to get would be mm, Lucas Van Ness. I think another edge off the, you know, coming off for them. Uh, Van Ness is a little bit of a project, so they don't have to put him in there immediately. He can kind of learn from some of the other guys, Ron Payne, Jonathan Allen, who are D-tackles. But either way, I think Van Ness can benefit from just learning behind those guys. And they keep building that defensive line. The Steelers. The Steelers are another team that could go a number of directions, but I think they stay in state, Penn State per se. With Joey Porter Jr., they lost Cam Sutton this offseason. I think it's a smart idea to go shore up another cornerback. 18th pick, we have the Lions, their second first-rounder. And I had them taking Devon Weatherspoon with the first pick. And could they go another receiver here? Maybe go on the Zay Flowers route. But with Jamison Williams back there, I think they'd be smart to shore up more of the defensive line. Oh, Kalijah Cansey, who I... Think reminds um, Lions owner of or Lions GM who came from the Rams of Aaron Donald. 
not he won't project to that. That's an insane standard. But still, I think tackle from Pittsburgh that's small. Sure, the Lions will buy on that. Why not? Buccaneers next. Buccaneers kind of need a whole bunch of anything. Um, they literally could go in any direction. But we're going to have them take Darnell Wright. Darnell Wright is, like I said, kind of a guy that's shot up draft boards late in the process here. I think he makes sense here. And, yeah. Moving to the Seahawks, second pick. Had them taking Tyree Wilson on the edge. I think they double dip here. I like them to go more on the defensive line again. But this time on it with an inside guy, Brian Brees. Kind of reminds me of someone that those, like, mid-2010 Seahawks would have drafted. 21 Chargers. Ah, they could go in a number of directions. I think Emmanuel Forbes would be a smart choice for them, maybe. Um, Brian Branch, maybe, if they want to go with the defensive back. But I'm going to give them a wide receiver here. Zay Flowers, an electric playmaker, speed guy. Kind of needs that with you know, Keenan Allen's more of an in-between-the-numbers slot receiver. Mike Williams is a bigger physical guy. Zay Flowers provides the speed and playmaking, I think, that Justin Herbert would love. And I would love this fit. It would it'd just be a great idea, I think. Then we go to Baltimore. Baltimore signed Odell Beckham. I'm going to assume that Lamar Jackson's back with them. And I think that they would go cornerback here. I think that they lost Marcus Peters, which seems like a very, like, they're okay with that. Um, but replacing him, I think staying in the state of Maryland would be a decision here. Deontay Banks is a cornerback. The Ravens kind of shore up that spot. They keep sticking to the not drafting a wide receiver for Lamar strategy. Um, then we go to the Vikings. Vikings also need a cornerback. They lost Patrick Peterson to Pittsburgh. And I, they're kind of a team that just needs every position on defense. But the way I see it, I think they make sense for Emmanuel Forbes here. A real playmaker that really kind of ball hawks, goes after the ball. Um, makes a lot of sense here. Then we get to the Jaguars. Jaguars had a good offseason last year, I think. You know, Now looking back on it, they have receivers. They don't need anything like that. A defensive back seems to be one of their needs, could serve them well. But I think Broderick Jones falling this far, I think is a, a sign to them that they probably need to shore up the offensive line more, need to make sure they protect their young guy and Trevor Lawrence better. Then we get to the Giants. Giants didn't seem to have a receiver that really helped them out, made them, you know, feel secure. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to remember who the guy was. Isaiah Higgins or Rogers? No, Isaiah. See, that's the thing. I, I can't remember the receiver who really helped them down that stretch. I think they have to go receiver here. And Jordan Addison is a player that I think makes sense for them. Um, you know, Brian Dable, I think, could make him – Stefan Diggs-esque. He can play that kind of role. I don't think he projects that highly, but I think he's a guy who can come in for them and play well. Uh, Cowboys. I mean, the theme of this mock draft seems to be staying in state. Cowboys going after B. John Robinson from Texas. Best running back on the board. One of the best running backs I've seen. It makes sense, especially given the fact that Pollard has just you know hurt his leg in the playoff game they played. Um, Zeke got released. It 
it makes sense for them to go running back here, a real bell cow type of running back. Uh, the Bills. The Bills are an interesting team. They kind of were very disappointing last season, I think, how they went out against the Bengals. They seem like a team that needs to kind of just figure out something on the defense that works. And with that being said, look at the positions here. I think Mozzie Smith jumps out to me as an interior guy from Michigan. Kind of started to climb up draft boards. I think he makes a lot of sense for them. I'm not sure if Ed Oliver will stay in Buffalo for the entire offseason. We will see. Then we go to pick 28. We got the Bengals. Um, I, I'm not sure what needs that they have truly. Uh, they probably do need another cornerback here. And, you know, tight end is the big one. But I think you can find a tight end later than this first round pick I think it makes sense to wait on that position and I like Cam Smith from South Carolina I think he's a guy that either will go in the first round or a team will trade up in the second round to go get him I think he's a real playmaker I I think he's a lot better than some of the guys like I would honestly think Cam's I like Cam Smith over Deontay Banks and Emmanuel Forbes but that's just me I, this is just what I think is going to happen uh, New Orleans Saints I don't know what the New Orleans Saints want or need, <laughs> anything like that. I think Will McDonald makes sense for them here. Um, I think B.J. Ujolari from LSU makes sense here. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Will McDonald from Iowa State, edge rusher. Maybe they hit on him. Marcus Davenport just left. Uh, they lost Caden Ellis. Too. That made sense. Um, they lost Chauncey Garner-Johnson, so them getting Brian Branch here definitely is great value. I did not even notice that he went to pick 30 here. Just a lot of teams, I think, would go in different directions. And safety is a lower-valued position. So Eagles getting Brian Branch and Jackson Smith could be steals of the draft, and the Eagles like to do that. Then we get to the Chiefs here. And, you know, Chiefs released... Uh, Frank Clark, one of their bigger veteran pass rushing guys, and I think they'll need to replace him with an edge rusher. And what did I say the theme was? Was it was it keep team? Yeah, it was it was keep players near states that they played in. I get it. Kansas State isn't in Missouri or Kansas City, but Kansas State edge rusher Felix Anudike Uzoma screams to me thirty first pick here. I think he's a smart player for the Chiefs to go after off the edge. I think he's a similar build to Frank Clark type of deal. And, yeah, this is what I got so far. And going back over it, I have Bryce Young at one. I have Anthony Richardson going fourth. You know, Stroud falling to seven for the Raiders. Will Levis at 11. And I think this is a winning mock draft here. I think I think I might have just did I just predict the NFL draft? If if I just predicted the NFL draft, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Vegas, but I just leaked leaked the script. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is my mock draft. This is how I have it going officially. Before I keep you guys too much longer, I'm gonna talk real quick about the NBA playoffs. Real fun mock draft Wednesday. Not a Monday, Wednesday. But going to the NBA, Lakers are down to the Grizzlies right now. Kind of a shocker because John Morant is out. However, you know, Grizzlies defense is kind of prevailing here. 
Lakers, Rui Hachimura, Austin Reeves aren't you know making every shot like they did before. So I think for that reason, the Grizzlies are on top. Desmond Bain, I think, is having a good game. So good on them. Xavier Tillman, 19 points there. Um, you got the Bucks being the Heat here at the end of the first quarter. They're down Giannis, so that's a big ask for the Bucks. But the Bucks were good this year without him, so it wouldn't shock me if they ended up winning. We look back on last night. Celtics beating the Hawks. They're going to do that pretty easily. Uh, we've got Cavaliers demolishing the Knicks, and then Julius Randle getting hurt at the end. I hate that for the Knicks faithful. I think that the Knicks are dead. Over if he's dead. <laughs> if Julius Randle is out, it's over. So Cavaliers get the big win there. Then Suns. That was a weird game. Suns Clippers last night was because it didn't feel like good basketball, and the game was close relatively most of the time. But then the Suns kind of just pulled away and. That was kind of it. And it was a good Russell Westbrook game, so it's like he didn't even lose them the game. It it felt more like a Tuesday in you know January than it did the playoffs. But it was just me playing playing the game with my sound off. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's the NBA playoffs. I, I'm not sure. When did the – I feel like the Nuggets should be playing. They do. They play tonight. Okay. I, I felt like I was forgetting a team, but – Nuggets Wolves tonight. Next week, we'll probably know the fate of that series. Or I'll be able to claim it here on the show on Monday. But either way, going over to hockey real quick. Islanders Hurricanes tied in the third period with a couple minutes left. Bruins Panthers tied here at the end of the second period. Um, Boston obviously leads that series 1-0. You know, biggest team in regular season history there. Yeah, they should win that. Then we have the Wild and the Stars. They're playing tonight. Kings, Oilers as well. And last night, who did we have? We had the Rangers being the Devils 5-1. Jeez. Lightning 7-3 over the Maple Leafs. Poor Toronto. They'll never win a series. <laughs> then Jets up 5-1 against the Golden Knights. And, oh, look at this. The Kraken. Kraken won 3-1 against the Avalanche. Who would have thought? Expansion team being the defending champs. Very fun stories there, but... Yeah, no, that's the playoffs. That's the playoff recap for you <laughs> towards the end of the show here. Good week of shows here. I really enjoyed both of them. Obviously, the technical difficulties continue as the connection just fails in the middle of the stream. But I'm glad it was done early. So we finish on a high note here. As always, make sure to like and subscribe to this, to the YouTube channel here to the podcast feed on Apple, on Spotify, share it to your friends, family, rate me well, do all the good things that make my life better, make me feel better, and drives my ego up, so that way I can be more cockier when I get on here. But outside of that, I'm very thankful for all the support. Check out lksportstalk.com, new LK League notes hitting the press on Friday. Yeah, Friday will be new LK League notes. One more draft profile, I believe, before the draft. And that will do it. So until next time, thank you and goodbye.